Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Eric and Becky Parsons from Burn Bootcamp in Kingwood, Texas. How are we doing today, guys? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah, awesome. glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you guys taking your time out of your schedule, especially on a Friday. So, uh, so let's dive in. Burn Bootcamp. Uh, let's talk about, I know you guys started the business 14 months ago. I'm sure there was a lot of time before that, planning and uh, thinking and executing and all that good stuff. So let's go back in time there. When you decided to pull the trigger on it and start the business, what was your initial goal from a business sense for you guys personally as to why you wanted to do it? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. My my sister uh, used to go to a burn boot camp in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and we would go and visit them on vacation for the summer. And Becky would go with my sister to the gym and work out. And I think she was just struck by the community that that was uh, present in the gym. The fact that they knew she wasn't going to be a long term member, and yet they still learned her name, called her out, coached her up. You know, really felt like she got a lot of focused attention. Uh, you know, despite that fact, and and so. I think uh, we went, went back a couple more summers and she would go and work out there. Eventually, my sister bought uh, the location uh, that they were going to. So she also owns a burn boot camp in Hendersonville, uh, uh, Tennessee. Yeah. And so uh, so that's what really got us started. I'll let Becky talk about like kind of what what clicked in her mind. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, I really I just fell in love with, um, like you said, the community. And um, and on, honestly, I didn't know I. I didn't, I'd never heard of Burn Boot Camp and I didn't realize that it actually was a franchise. And so my sister-in-law said, yeah, there's probably one close to you. So at the time we lived in Pennsylvania and I went home and I Googled it. And of course there was not one. And, um, you know, so a little time passed, we got, um, Eric got transferred up here to Texas in Houston. And so I, we moved and, and I Googled, I was like, surely there's one here. This place is huge. And, um, there was not one close to us. And, um, then that's when it just kind of clicked in my mind. When I was looking for the location, it said owner burn Boot Camp," And I clicked on it and I started getting emails and emails and emails. And, um, then I, I, one day I just kind of like said to him, like, what do you think? And, you know, we both have always, you know, been active and, um, tried, you know, tried to exercise and be healthy throughout our life and stuff. And we just kind of were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it. So that's kind of how it started. So. I like, yeah, go all in, burn the ships behind you and uh, go after this, which is great. And like you, yeah, provided a, there was a hole in your community with a, a business like this. So you guys were able to provide that service, which is awesome. Now, what, what would you say, <clears throat> excuse me, choking here. What makes you guys unique there in the Kingwood, Texas fitness area? I think the difference is that, that we really, you know, the, the, the main target audience are women. And, you know, although we have a lot of men, it's they really transform more into, you know, looking at the entire community rather than just focused on women. But but having a free child watch to go along with the workouts, really, really focusing in that this is this is personal training in a group setting. So really that interaction with the trainer you know, creating that community, you know, having events outside the gym that, that members can go and participate in. Like we've done kickball tournaments, you know, we've gone and done, you know, uh, other events like playing volleyball together, you know, lots of different things like that. So really wanting to create that community. So I think 
I think if, if you kind of compare us to like other types of gyms, it's the child watch, it's the focus meetings. So where you can meet with the trainer, discuss your goals, um, you know, and then kind of plot out a plan together to get there. All that's included in the membership along with that, you know, that real personal touch through that 45 minute workout. Yeah, that's very good. And yeah, the child care thing is super unique. And like you said, the community piece and the events you guys do, we'll touch on here in a minute, but I'm sure that lends to higher retention rates because everybody's engaged and, and part of your, your gym and the community there. Now, when you guys chose your brick and mortar location from that real estate perspective, what was it about the space you guys chose that appealed to you? Yeah, so we, we, we felt like Kingwood was a good location. It's, it's, I think the demographics looked solid. Like we looked, you know, in the area within, you know, reasonable driving distance from where we lived. And so there really, there weren't a whole lot of options. We probably looked at six or seven places yeah. and each of them had their issues, whether it was the cost, whether it was the way the, the, the space was configured. Um, you know, we had, we had one spot that looked like it was really good from a cost perspective, but you know, there were, there were folks that were going to be working in an office that were going to be adjacent to the gym and it's, we're loud. I mean, it's, you know, there's no doubt about it. So we were concerned about, and then they eventually wanted us to kind of push into an area where we were going to, people were going to have to like, it wasn't an outside door. They don't have to go in, go down a hall, you know, all this. So we didn't feel like that was good. So this space was, uh, it was a new uh, building and this guy, he basically builds these, uh, uh, he builds a building and then he tries to lease out the space and then he'll yeah. eventually sell off the, the property after that. Right. And, you know, so we basically looked at this it was a cold, dark shell. It was a, you know, empty spot. Um, the right square footage we were able to parse out, um, you know, the, the real estate, the lease cost is expensive in the Kingwood area. So we had to really think about that, you know, how many members, you know, does, do we have to have to cover the additional cost of that space relative to others? Um, but it was in a good spot with, uh, you know, some natural marketing as well. A couple of really popular restaurants that are in the little strip mall. Yeah. So we, we felt that was, uh, and the guy was, a, you know, was an individual guy, really great to work with. Um, so that, that's how we kind of settled on that spot. But it, you know, it, it took, uh, it took a couple of months. It wasn't super difficult. Like I know I've been hearing stories of others that have had they, what they've had to go through to find a spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think our experience was, was not quite as difficult as some. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you said, their location is still everything, you know, so like being next to those restaurants, I'm sure gives you guys uh, a lot more good, a lot more eyes on the business, which is awesome. Now, Becky, for those that don't know, what are the services and model that you run there at Burn Bootcamp? So what we offer is we have personal training in a group setting. And um, with that, you know, we don't use any machines. We have, you know, everything that we use is just like free weights, kettlebells, um, the workouts are super fun, um, pump and music. Some people have, um, you know, like some of the members like describe it, like they feel like they're going to like, uh, some kind of a club, like, <laughs> like it's exciting. Like the, the workouts are, are really fun, different every day. Um, we have, uh, the child watch, the, so that's comes complimentary with the, with the workout. And so, um, lots of little cuties running around and, um, from time to time, we're able to have kids camps so that they get to use some of the equipment and get out on the floor and have a good time. And, and then we also have um, focus meetings, um, which is the, you know, people book their focus meeting. That's their time to sit down one-on-one -on -one with the trainer and let the trainer really get to know them and learn what their goals are. And sometimes they need help setting goals. And so the trainers work with them on that and pretty much anything that they're having 
an issue with, they provide nutritional guidance. It could be help with, um, you know, uh, some kind of injury that's that's bothering them or, you know, tightness that they need to work through. And and so they're there to to really work with the the members and get to know them on that personal level so that they can um, really transform their life, both not just, you know, physically, but also through the, that heart, those hard workouts and stuff, yeah. people just get mentally stronger. So it's, yeah. it's an awesome place. Yeah. A very valuable service we're offering. Yeah. Like you said, it's shared suffering. And I really like the goal setting sessions you guys do. And it also probably lends to uh, great retention rates, you know, uh, as well. So with that being said, guys, obviously to be a successful gym, we got to get members in the door, right? So what is your marketing strategy been like since you guys probably did your pre-sale and since you guys have opened? So I can talk about that. Um, when we were, um, before we opened, um, we were doing, we had a marketing, well, we still have the same marketing company that we use. Um, and they do our, they do our ads on Facebook and Instagram. And, um, we're starting to venture out a little bit into TikTok, and um, so we we have that piece. And before we opened, a lot of that like leads would come in, and it was just a lot of um, on my part. And and once I had um, a couple of staff working for us, following up with every lead, like um, you know, letting them know, hey, we're going to be opening. Um, such and such or that you know and letting them know about um, pop-up camps that we were having and things like that so that we could keep people engaged during you know because they see something coming and they're excited about it but it doesn't open immediately and then they move on so just a matter of keeping them um, their attention and um, but that that was pretty successful with like we were able to get we needed a certain amount of leads before we could pass go no go and honestly I would, my advice I would give to any business that's that or gym that's trying to open, get your sign up as fast as you can. Because once that sign went on the building, those big blue letters, you know, burn boot camp, man, the leads just started coming in. And so that's my advice is really like get that sign up. And, you know, and then of course there was, you know, we were, we hit the ground too. We were putting flyers out um, and, and, uh, hosting pop-up camps and things like that. So we were able to, gosh, how many, we got a, quite a bit, you know, like in right at our grand opening, like um, I can't remember the number, but of, you know, leads that that actually walked through the door. Once we open, um, our marketing people that we use actually follow up with the leads as they come in. And so they book a lot for us, but our job is if they don't get if they aren't able to get somebody booked because they use one method of booking, they they normally text. Sure. And so most of our leads get booked that way. If not, we don't let any lead go. Like we follow up, we, we make phone calls. Um, and so my advice is just like continue to um, just, just don't let the leads go. Like you pay a lot of money for those leads, like follow up. That, <clears throat> That's super important. It's just the follow up, you know, with those leads. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Lead nurture is very important, right? Getting lead is one thing. Staying on top of them to get indoors is another thing. Now, I want to dive into the marketing agency you guys are using a little bit here, just because I think, I think the fitness world gyms were a marketing firm too and a technology company at this point in time, right? So, with the marketing agency, Becky, Eric, what are you guys getting like leads? What's a regular month for new people showing up look like for you guys? 
So, um, so a lot, we'll get about, let's say between 85 and a hundred leads each month. Yeah. Which is, and, and that's, that's, a, that's actually differential compared to other burns. You know, we're seeing a little bit of an escalated level. Uh, I think it's a good area. Yeah. And then usually we get about 75 to 80% of those will come in the door. Right. Yeah. And then our close rate had been, you know, running, let's it, it usually runs, let's say 45 to 50%. So yeah. if we get them in the door, you know, about half of those that some, some will come in, they do it one time and then, you yeah. know, they get really, really sore and then they, they don't come back. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, when we get them in, we get them to come, especially that second time, but we price present the first day that they come in, yeah. you know, and then they've got their seven day trial uh, yeah. to, to work through. That's, that's kind of the, the typical inroad is a seven day trial. Yeah. So we're getting a good number of new people coming in the door month, which is great. Um, converting a fair share of those to, to members, you know, anything special you guys are doing. I always found that first 90 days for a member is super important to get them acclimated to the gym to the, to the community, all that good stuff. Anything special you guys are doing for a new person on that client journey, first 90 to 100 days? So, so the most important thing in our, in our business is booking the focus meeting, like getting them in to talk with the trainer and getting a plan and booking that second focus meeting, you know, so that um, they don't, they're not feeling like they're alone on their journey. Um, the other thing is just making sure that you're, you know, that you introduce them to other people. Like sometimes people are shy, make sure you enter, you know, who your extroverts are in the gym, introduce them, you know, and sometimes that's all it takes, you know, to get a conversation going. And then, you know, some beautiful friendship is built, you know, and uh, yeah, um, invite them to bring their friends, you know, um, offering them uh, some kind of incentive. Like if they have a friend that comes that joins, because we all know working out with our friends is more fun, you know, cool. Like, so, um, that's kind of like, uh, what we try to do to, um, keep them engaged and build the community. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And yeah, having a friend to work out with, it makes it so much easier. And again, keeps people longer too. Now we have the, the regular membership of, for the camps, right? For the boot camp. are there ways clients are able to spend money with you inside the business outside of just the base membership. Yeah, so we have uh, we sell uh, apparel items, uh, you know, so like merchandise type things. Then we also offer nutrition. So uh, and and they've done a really good job at Burn. Of they, they've got a, a a brand of protein called Afterburn. You know, it's got uh, natural ingredients. Um, and you know, we've got a few different types of that that are they're very good. So they we usually get a lot of uh, focus on that. Um, we we sell different nutrition bars. Uh, pre-workout, like, uh, you know, with the um, kind of, they call it Ignite, uh, that really helps you uh, energize your pre-workout. Um, so I, I think those are, you know, th those things really, they do sell themselves, but they're, they're the, uh, the items that we have. Okay. Okay. What, what percent of your members would you say, guys, take advantage of the nutrition coaching side of things? Um, like for, like participate in regular focus meetings and yeah, yeah. I would, it's it's about 50% of the members. I mean, there are people that, that, you know, they don't want to take that time, but it's always offered to them and, um, and encouraged, you know, and the trainers do a really good job, you know, um, with at the end of camp, like during stretch, uh, you know, talking about the importance of booking your focus meeting. And if you're not, you know, if you're not um, reaching the goals is, that you've set for yourself or haven't set any goals yet that, you know, come on, book a focus meeting. So, 
Um, sometimes, you know, you'll have a member that's been there for, you know, maybe six months and hasn't had their first focus meeting. So I try to pay attention and, and um, to, and so do the uh, girls in the front pay attention to like, oh, like, oh, they haven't had a focus meeting yet. And then like, just catch them like, hey, why haven't you had a focus meeting? So that's, that's kind of how we do that. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, it kind of leads me to my next question, the retention piece, right? Uh, of the three buckets here of a uh, successful gym retentions, equally as important as getting people in and increasing revenue per member. So have you, what have you guys seen as far as the life cycle of your members, how long they're lasting over this first 14 months being open? So it just depends. Like it, it really just all depends because we have different membership terms. Um, and so, but we've, you know, a lot of, a lot of the regular members have, you know, they've been with us since we opened, you know, the founding members. Um, but it's, I noticed, I kind of noticed at Christmas, like I was, I looked around and it was like, uh, the crowd was like totally different. So, right. you know, people go in phases, you know, sometimes they have a membership, but they, they don't make it in for a while because things are happening in their life or whatever. But, um, I can't even remember the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're so I, it's, I think it's, that's, that's certainly a, a challenge. I think in any gym, you know, and I've been members of gyms before as well. And it's like, you know, to get, to get people engaged coming in on a regular basis, right. sometimes they'll go on vacation and they fall off the wagon or they, you know, they like with, with COVID. I mean, so, you know, we've gone through, you know, we opened um, after the main uh, brunt of the, the first wave of COVID was done, but we had to deal with Delta Omicron, now the, the different versions of Omicron. Yep. We were really lucky in that, you know, our team, our training team uh, ended up being able to, to skate through that. So we didn't have to deal with that. But but members, you know, they get sick, you know, they don't feel well, they're, they're sick for a couple of weeks. And then it's like, oh, you know, I got to, now I got to kind of start over and, and they don't feel that great when they come back in after, you know, even if it's a mild case, sure. you know, it's just hard to get themselves going again. It just, you never know with people what's going to knock them off track. And so then it's about reaching out to them. You know, so we have like automations that, that will happen, but we also try to take a personal touch to it and say, Hey, Hey, we missed you. We haven't seen you in the last couple of weeks, you know, what's going on and let's get you back booked for camp. And, you know, I think that's really important, but at the end of it, you know, you, you can't put people in a headlock and drag them down to the gym every day. Cannot. Yeah. That's not legal. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not legal. Not yet, not but, but the other thing is like, we, we, try to have um, a social event, you know, at least every two months. And so we've had, um, we've done a lot of fun things. Like we, we went to a concert, we've done, um, we've had volleyball, we've had kickball. Um, we're planning a homecoming dance. Like, <laughs> I'm really excited for that. It's going to be at the gym. Like, <laughs> so yeah. We've got dueling pianos that we're going to at this pretty cool place. So, and a lot of the members like really look forward to like, you know, going, hanging out, getting to see people, you know, in regular clothes, not just their gym clothes or their 5 a.m. face, you know, so it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, we have a really good time with it. And, and per on a personal note, you know, since we really aren't from this area, we moved here three years ago from Pennsylvania. And um, it's it's been a good way for us to meet so many people and really like be part of the community and 
because once you know our kids are grown once your kids are grown it's hard to meet people and the gym has really just become like you know it's 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 well it's my happy place it's where I can go and it's you know I love it you know and we've just I, I love that I can walk in somewhere now and I see people I know, you know? Right, yeah. It's, uh, I think, the best part about what we get to do, you know? I create, like you said, guys, that community within a community, which, which is awesome. It's so a very unique thing we get to do. And so with that being said, we just kind of touched on a, a challenge, you know, that a lot of gyms have, their retention piece, keeping that as high as possible. Where's the biggest opportunity you guys foresee over the next year that you're looking to capitalize on? I think that, you know, given that we've got, we've got a ceiling still for growth, I think we're in a great spot, you know, after being open for 14 months, but we definitely want to continue to see growth. And I think we've done a lot of the good, you know, online, you know, the, the social media type marketing. I think we've done a good job with that. Where I think we can improve is our ground game, you know, so we did some of that at the beginning, but I think getting out into the community doing, you know, perhaps doing a pop-up camp in, in the town center, you know, just getting more exposure to uh, to the gym in the community, uh, you know, getting more JVs with different businesses so that, you know, we have their informa our information in their place. They've got their information in ours. I think, so I, I kind of call it the ground game, I think is where we've got, I think if we can, and, and we have, you know, that's one of our three three rocks really is, is the, um, you know, we've got the, uh, uh, the memberships and obviously our typical marketing, but then it's that ground game that, that we've really got to, to where we can improve on. Yeah, hundred percent. That guerrilla marketing, as we used used to call exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, more, more, like you said, Eric, forming those local partnerships is super important too. So yeah, we'll lead to growth. That multifaceted approach to marketing. With all that being said, guys, we have this gym here, Kingwood, Texas, Burn Bootcamp. What would you ultimately what ultimately like to leave as an impact on the community or like the legacy of your business there in Kingwood? Yeah, I think it's just that we, our focus and our vision is to really change people's lives and create a community uh, where, where people have an opportunity to come in. They, they, can, they can transform themselves. They can become part of the community, meet people. Um, and that, that's really what we wanted to create when we started the gym. Yeah. yeah when, when, we first, um, when we first were thinking about this, and one of the things we did was we you know, Burn has a vision or a mission statement and everything, but we created a vision statement and then we put that away. And we, I don't think we looked at it again until almost right before our one year anniversary. And when I, we looked at it and we read it again, it was like, wow, like, you know, I, we've done this, you know, and, and um, it's just like made you feel, makes you feel really good. And, and just knowing how many people, you know, that, through through our our um dream have been helped because you know we put together and we're so lucky to have such a great team who really do care about our members and um and helping them change their lives and just become the best version of themselves and i can't tell you how many people have just you know you know said said to me about you know how they are are so proud of themselves that they've been able to do things that they just never thought they could do, you know, and it just makes you feel good, you know, it's so I want to keep, yeah. keep going with that. 100%. Yeah, it gives us a, a real great purpose and passion and serve others, I think is what we're all here to do ultimately. So guys, uh, awesome place, I think to wrap this up, where can listeners check you guys out website, social media, where can we find you and follow your story? So we're on Facebook, we're Burn Boot Camp Kingwood, Texas. And um, we're on Instagram at, I have to look, it's 
<laughs> well, we have a very active Instagram, but I never look at the handle, but it's um it's it's just Burn Boot Camp Kingwood, Texas. Awesome. Right? Okay. Yeah. And yep. we're also on TikTok. Same TikTok thing. Said, yeah. <laughs> what do you guys before we go, what do you guys have you started doing any advertising on TikTok yet, or are you still playing around in there? Yeah, so um we we have we're just starting that. Like that's just something that um, our marketing guy is yeah. is starting in the next couple of weeks. Like maybe with our next promotion that we have coming up. And um, we work really hard. You know, we our, our team works really hard on our organic social media. So if you get a chance, check us out and uh, follow us. Hundred so, percent. I'll yeah. give you, I'll give you guys a follow right after we get off. So Eric, Becky, thank you so much for coming on, spending some time with us. Sharing your story, born burn boot camp Kingwood, Texas. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. And listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. Until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money. Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Matt from Pack Animal Fitness out of St. Pete, Florida. Welcome. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited to have you here to learn more about what you do over there at Pack Animal Fitness. But really, before we dive into that, Give me a really brief backstory as to what it was that made you decide to open up this gym. So I was in heavy equipment sales. Um, we'll, we'll rewind considerably. Uh, so 2016, um, I was working at United Rentals, uh, renting heavy equipment out to construction companies. Um, I, I was a national sales rep for them, so I covered uh all over Florida and or all over the United States and part of Canada too. Um, my wife was an executive for the company and we both got to the point where we were kind of miserable. I gained a lot of weight. I was 310 pounds miserable. Um, so we quit our job, sold our house, went on a 500 mile hike on the Appalachian trail. I lost 87 pounds in just under two months. Um, and kind of decided I want to change the path of my life over to fitness. So we got back. I worked as a sales rep for Sims Crane for a little while. Um, and we had children. So a year into being a sales rep at Sims Crane, I had seen my kids for about an hour a day at the very most. Uh-oh. Sorry. Um, an hour a day at the very most. And I got laid off and I decided that I was done. I was going to go ahead and open a gym. So here we are. Well, props to you for like making a decision that was good for your family. So many people like stay in a career that they know is not good for their family life because they feel like that's their only choice. And so you went down the path of becoming a business owner so that you can spend more time with your family. Um, and I'm sure that your, your kids and your wife, they really appreciate that. 
Um, so tell us a little bit about Pack Animal Fitness. I guess give me your elevator pitch. Who are you? What services do you have to provide? Kind of paint a picture for us. So we specialize in physique changes, um, but we do so much more than that. We 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 like to take people and help them meet their goals, um, whether it be weight loss, muscle gain, um, if they want to be able to, you know, have a higher deadlift or a bigger squat, or if they want to jump higher, run faster, pretty much whatever you want your body to do, we, we can get you there. Okay. So people can come in and do their own thing if they want, or you're talking about you offer personal training to help people get to where they want to go. Is that right? That's correct. Cool. Um, so is there any group training added to this facility at all? We, we do have a bodybuilding group training that trains. They, they meet together Monday and Wednesday. The coach goes over their programming with them um, individually, and then they all train together um, based on what the coach has them do. Um, the coach also handles their nutrition. Um, he also writes their workouts for the rest of the week. It's just a little bit of a group to, to keep people networking, keep people together and excited about what they're doing. Yeah. And people like the group fitness element. Like there are some people that just are more motivated by having people next to them who are doing the same things or might have similar goals. Um, so it's cool that you have that added to your facility. Um, so, you know, with the open model kind of gym, it's really beneficial business wise for us to have that personal training element because it's good for the client, but it's also good for the business. If we're talking revenue, we're talking money, we're getting a little more money from personal training than we would from, you know, a normal fitness membership. Um, right. So as the business stands right now, what percentage of your business would you say is coming from personal training? Uh, honestly, that's probably the biggest place for me to improve at this point. Um, I, I, I take a very, very small portion from our uh, trainers. I only take 25%. Um, I, I, I'm a firm believer in making sure that the people that work for you, um, they're, they're, you know, they're able to keep a lot of what they make because I mean, we're only as happy as the least happy person around us and happy people is what we stand for. Um, so to answer your question, I'd say, probably 20% of our revenue comes from personal training, maybe 25%. Okay. So, um, I mean, how, how many clients would you say? Well, actually let's, let's step back a little bit for your personal training. How many trainers do you have right now? I've got five. Okay. Five trainers and they're not paying a booth fee. You're just taking 25% of what they make. Is that right? Correct. And, and most of them are very, very low part-time trainers they're not you know running a 40 hour week um uh dom's probably the only trainer that i have my other than myself that actually runs a 40 hour week okay and are they are those personal trainers are they kind of finding their own clients or are you feeding them the leads like how is that working it's a it's a mixture of both okay cool so what do you feel like you could do to I guess, enhance that department of your business or that element of your business? What are some of the ideas you have that might make it even better revenue-wise, program-wise, et cetera? I, I honestly, I need to spend more time marketing. Um, I, I need to spend more time marketing to, to, to new clients that haven't 
seen the gym or haven't been in the gym yet. Um, one of the obstacles that I, I see for us as opposed to like a UFIT or Planet Fitness or something like that, not Planet Fitness, but that's a bad uh, <laughs> bad example. But as opposed to a UFIT or like Amped is one of the big popular ones out here. They, they're so cheap that they get hundreds and hundreds of people in the door every week to sign up for new memberships. That's that much more opportunity for them to get in front of um, clients that they can sell personal training to, as opposed to us, we're more of a specialized gym. We charge $65 a month just for our standard 24 hour access. Um, it becomes an obstacle to get people in the door to sell personal training to in, yeah. in the very, right off the beginning. Yeah, it is tricky. It's a different, we're looking for a different kind of client. And so if we're not really marketing ourselves and we just like kind of, a lot of us, we just expect for the client to walk through the door, it works out, but the growth is really, really slow if we do things that way. Right. Uh, so let's talk about memberships in total right now, not just personal training, but memberships. How many members would you say you have in the space? Uh, probably somewhere between 350 and 400. Um okay. And it's been, it's been very, very slow growth because of, you know, I, I'd say a lot of it has to do with COVID. But the other portion is, is when I initially built the gym, I, I had a very, very small budget. And to build what we have with a small budget, it's nearly impossible. So we started out with half of the building that we're in now. And every time we were making enough money to, I mean, not even to cover the bills, but we were taking side jobs and stuff like that to cover the bills. We take over another portion of the building. So we started out at 5,600 square feet and we're coming up on 12,000 square foot at this point. Um, so you've been able to, you've been able to grow substantially in terms of square footage. You've expanded quite a bit. Right. We've, we've grown um, with our customers too. It's just been, you know, it's been slow growth. We've, we've dealt with a lot of problems from uh, trusting some of the wrong people in the facility that you know un unfortunately in this industry you get a coach and you develop them and you teach them how to you know build their own client base and 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 how to run the business portion of things as well the first thing they do is they pack up and say i can do this myself and they go open their own gym yeah yeah it makes it makes it like a little bit tricky like you said it is harder to trust people in this industry and um, you know, we all run into our own challenges regarding in, in that regard. Um, so let me ask you this. If you have 350 members right now, is that a place where you're feeling pretty good? Or if you could, would you hit the gas, welcome more members, increase those memberships? Yeah, we're going to hit the gas. Our, our, our end goal is, is I'd like to have a steady 500 members. Um, I don't want to go over that because... 90% of the people that actually pay for our gym to use our gym, they, they actually use the gym regularly. And I don't ever want to create a space that's got so many people that you can't actually train. I mean, I've got nine different squat machines in the gym. So, you know, our goal is, is for everybody to be able to go through a workout and not have to wait on anything. There's three leg extensions, three curls. There's, I've got four benches. I've got inclines declines you know everything that you need to get through a workout and not have to wait on other people yeah so realistically like good like for you guys 500 members is a point where it's like things start to get a little bit full 
realistically, that's not the vibe that you're going for. So since you are looking to increase to about 500 members, you've got about, you know, 200 ish to go before you get there. Walk me through some of the things that you're doing to aid that growth process. How are you finding new clients? In all fairness, I'm I'm not doing a whole lot to grow it right now because I, I'm a big fan of organic growth. Um, I, 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 I don't want to be a pushy salesperson. I, I, I don't, I don't want anybody to ever have a bad experience. And I feel like if I try to force people through the doors that don't really want to be here in the first place, then it's going to ruin the reputation of what we've built. Um, obviously I want more people. Yeah. And how would you like, what, what would be an example of like something that you would consider like pushy to get somebody through the door? Just so I can understand. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't even thought this out to be honest with you. I've been running, you know, 20 hour days for the last three and a half years, just <laughs> trying to pay to keep the doors open. I mean, yeah. I, uh, it's hectic, I don't, I don't right? really know the answer to that to tell you the truth. Yeah. So let me like kind of give you my point of view here. You know, a lot of times, no matter how big or how small the town that we're in is, there's always going to be people who don't even know that we exist, who would love our gym. They would, right. we would be able to serve them in some type of way. And so it's just a matter of how do we reach those people? If those people don't already know somebody who's coming to our gym and we're hoping that they're organically going to find us, that's not enough. Um, we could be around for six years and they could be living in the town for six years and still have no idea that we're there. And right. so um, what I've seen a lot of gym owners do and what I personally have tried as well for my the facility that I helped um, you know run was the idea of like utilizing social media, Facebook, Instagram on the digital ad side of things. So like putting out an ad to reach people in the community, if they bite, they bite. Um, is that something that you guys have tried? Uh, we have, um, but I, I don't, we haven't had a lot of success with it, to be honest with you. I had a, a, a and he's a great guy, great marketing company, and I won't use his name here because I don't want it to reflect badly on him or anything like that. But I mean, I paid somebody monthly for almost a year that came in and that he shot videos and he put out Facebook ads and, and we tried, you know, running specials and, and what it boiled down to is, is every time I did something, it, it cost me money because, you know, that for one, the, the paid ads never brought anybody in. Um, the second part is when I offered discounts, what I ended up having is people would walk in the door that were going to come sign up on a friend's reference anyways. And now I, I went from where I would have made $125 for new registration and, and monthly sign up, And I, I gave it away for $10. Yeah. Um, yeah. So That's it's been <laughs> very difficult to, to even consider doing any digital marketing when every time I've had somebody come and try to sell me marketing, it's just, it's cost me money. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to spend money if we're not going to make money. Right. Right. Um, and so you've been burned, you've tried it, you didn't have the best experience. And so it's like, well, shoot, I don't ever want to do that again. I know I'm really, really stubborn when it comes to money. It's like, right. if I spend money on something, I want to get a heavy return on investment. 
Um, and I think where, where we go wrong a lot of times is like marketing in the fitness industry is different than anything else because people don't just wake up in the morning, see an ad for a gym and like, be like, ah, I'm going to go to the gym today. I mean, it's just not enough. Like, I mean, you and I are probably motivated to work out, but that's not how most people are. And so we have to take our approach a little bit differently. And so if we're not working with somebody who's a fitness expert in the marketing world, we tend to not see, see results. Um, and I know for, from experience, I've had kind of a similar experience as you when I first started things like spending money, not getting return on investment. It wasn't even worth it for me. And I just felt like stuck where we were at. Um, we figured it out though. And I have faith that you'll figure out something that will work for you. Um, let me ask you this. If you looked at your business right now, Matt, what would you say is kind of the biggest bottleneck or obstacle that you're kind of facing and what are you doing to overcome that? Um, I mean, obtaining new memberships is, is probably where it comes from. I mean, I've, I've done everything from, you know, doing direct mailers with the USPS and offering free day passes and, you know, it, we've had such an evolving business because of expansion. And, you know, we, we go through points where it's like, okay, we just took over two, 3000 square foot of space and I'm, I'm tearing out walls and moving lighting and, and, and just, you know, continuously expanding. Well, I don't really want to bring a bunch of new people in while we're just, we've got construction and, you know, yeah. half a wall here and, you know, yeah. stuff hanging off the walls over there and no paint here and concrete showing over there. So Literally, I just finished um, the Friday before last. I finally finished the construction on the building. So now we're at an opportunity to actually start trying to take advantage of this other stuff, which is why we're adding the cryotherapy, mm -hmm. um, because I think I can dual purpose that marketing to not only support, you know, bringing in bringing in new members, but also bringing in more clients for the cryotherapy portion of the business. Um, yeah, for sure. I think I think the cryotherapy that. is going to bring in a lot of people just by itself that probably wouldn't have even considered looking at the gym had it not been for the cryotherapy um, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, having the cryotherapy there will definitely help. Um, anytime that we, you know, are next to a business or we have a business within our business, it does help, you know, get the word out, uh, out, increase that word of mouth, of course, supplemented with other things. You never want to like put all your eggs in one basket because then if it doesn't work out, then, you know, um, it's just not enough. Um, I want to ask you what, what I like to call kind of the magic wand question. And so take this as you will. Um, if I could hand you a magic wand. And all your goals and dreams for Pack Animal Fitness have come true. You've reached them all. What would that picture look like for you, Matt? I know that's a pretty loaded question, but. I mean, if, if all my goals and dreams had already come through and you handed me a magic wand, what would it look like? What do you, I'm, I'm confused as to what you mean if, if you had if, if all your dreams for pack animal fitness have come true that end goal like way way down the road what would that picture look like honestly i'd probably have four or five gyms in different major cities 
that look exactly like my current one does just with our you know 550 member base 500 member base and pretty steady cryotherapy um business along with it we we want to offer the the whole the whole package not uh, training in our gym needs to look like what it would look like to train in a professional football team's Mm -hmm. gym i I want all the recovery i want all the best equipment um i want to give our general population the opportunity to have the same things at their fingertips that um that the professionals do i really appreciate that like that kind of an all-encompassing place where people can come to work out um and kind of get it all um and so i also want to ask you what role do you foresee yourself playing as the business owner in the future do you always want to be super involved in the day-to-day or would you like a role where you're working more on the business and not so much in the day-to-day of the business i don't ever want to take myself out of the day-to-day it's probably a good mixture of the two um a lot of what makes our gym what it is is the fact that I'm the owner and I know everybody by name, almost everybody by name. Um, I know what most people's goals are and I know what makes them happy and I I care about them, their families. Um, So I I still want to be involved in the day to day, but mostly it would be, you know, trying to manage the business portion of things. Yeah, for sure. I think like a good combination is always appreciated. Like for me personally, like I still like to be at the gym, like at least a couple times a week, like so that people see me as one of the faces, but it's nice to be able to like step aside and know that my team like has everything taken care of. I can focus on the business and growing the business. Um, so it's a really, really good feeling. Um, now, what do you feel like it's important for you to really focus on now? You finished the renovations, um, and so what do you feel like it's super important for you to focus on now to get you to the point where it's realistic for you to go open up a second location um, and continue to grow your brand? It's it's marketing. It's it's honestly, I, I feel like our, our digital marketing has gotten so oversaturated. There's ads on everything. Nobody cares to pay attention to them anymore. I, I I'm I'm now getting to the point where I'm getting out on foot and I'm going to be knocking on physical therapist doors, chiropractors doors, doctors doors, um, every, every business that I can walk to within a mile of my facility. I want to reach out to everybody that works in their facility and, and give them the opportunity to just know that we're there. Um, I, I don't think there's any more valuable marketing than there is guerrilla marketing. Yeah. I think guerrilla marketing is always, Again, one of those things that we should be doing anyway, always we need to be, it's a relationship building business, truly. Um, So we need to be building those relationships because it is going to help us grow our business. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how you're able to grow Pack Animal Fitness over the next few months. I'm excited to move down there, check out the gym, hopefully get a workout in um at your facility um pete what uh i just called you pete because the same pete um matt what is the instagram page for the gym where can our listeners go to find you and follow along for the journey instagram you just look us up on pack animal fitness you'll see the graffiti from the gym that we're known for in the background of our uh, main picture um you can also find us on uh at www.packanimalfitness.com sweet 
Awesome. I'm excited for our listeners to go check it out. Thank you again for being here today, Matt, for taking an hour out of your day to give back to the fitness industry. We appreciate you. Listeners, thanks guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Chris Impegliazzo from CrossFit Lupos out of Fishers, Indiana. What's going on, Chris? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's just another Monday for me. Yes, sir. Another Monday, and I appreciate you joining today, man. I'm excited to have you on. Um, you're, you're just a year, first year or two into gym ownership. So excited to hear how your experience has gone thus far. Um, but yeah, let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with opening your own fitness facility? Man, that goes, that goes way back. So I feel like to sum it up, I feel like I was almost built to run a gym from early childhood. Um, just like a lot of gym owners, you know, you grow up, in the gym and some capacity sports, whatever it is. Um, so if I can make this as short as I can, um, my youth, I had a really, really tough upbringing with, um, my family, like my biological parents. Um, my dad was deceased at an early age and I never knew him. And my mom was not fit to raise me. So I was adopted by my grandparents. Um, gets very dramatic. So anyway, I've had a pretty tough upbringing. Fortunately, my grandparents raised me. So um, I was raised very traditionally with them in terms of work ethic. And so um, I played sports, um, hockey and lacrosse for my primary sports growing up. And so, um, you know, they kind of helped me with the work ethic and the training. And I was, if I wasn't practicing or playing in a game, I was outside practicing for the sport, whatever the sport was, lacrosse or hockey. Um, so I think that, you know, I kind of used it to help escape reality as well. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I spent a lot of time on the training side of sports, you know, not just playing the sport, but just developing skills and learning and kind of the, the behind the scenes work essentially with sports that people don't see. And so when I was in my teens, um, I was still playing sports. Obviously I was really, really competitive hockey and lacrosse player. Um, and then I spent a lot of time in the weight room. So I had a, a coach, my hockey coach was also my weightlifting coach for school. And so he was a huge role model of mine. And so he's kind of what got me into 
the weight room and lifting weights. Um, and this was back in like 2005 is when I graduated high school. And so back then, you know, the sports performance stuff wasn't really around yet. Um, and so I just, your basic weightlifting, you know, I hadn't gotten into CrossFit yet. So it was just basic stuff in the weight room. And then um, my young adult, I, I played semi-professional hockey in Italy for a very short stint. Um, and then once I, once I quit hockey, um, I didn't really know what to do with myself, to be honest. I had played hockey my whole life and didn't really know what to do. So um, I found personal training. And so I got certified with National Academy of Sports Medicine in 2009. Um, that's when I started my fitness journey. Um, and very early on, I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the relationship you develop with, with clients. Um, and so my early days of, of fitness and gym comes from personal training. And so I think that's a good background to have no matter what or where you go in any gym business or fitness industry. It's, it's good to have the one-on-one -on -one experience, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then I took a huge turn of career. I joined the military. And so um, I was in the United States Coast Guard. I attended helicopter rescue swimmer school for a very short time. And so that training that I did in the military um, was, I mean, some of the hardest stuff a human can possibly go through. And I think that was a really big learning curve and that shaped me more mentally than I had ever been shaped. And I think that also helps with the business, to be honest, in terms of the mental mindset that you need sometimes when it gets really tough, right? Um, just not giving up ever, no matter what. Um, and it will never be as bad as drowning in the water. <laughs> and so I think that that mindset for me helps a lot when, when things get tough. So, um, and then just to kind of fast forward a little bit, I got out of the military and, um, affiliated with CrossFit and that's kind of where I'm at now. So. Awesome. Awesome. And I like your story. I think a lot of people get into gym ownership with, you know, a passion for training, for helping people changing lives. And they kind of forget that there's this whole business side of things that you have to be good at as well, right? Where you have to, you know, know to market to some sense, be able to track your numbers, project your numbers. Um, so how's that been for you, right? What's been like the most difficult or unexpected thing when it comes to running your business? That is, yeah, that's a good question. You are hundred percent right. The business is a whole other side of it. And, you know, I had a lot of help when I first started coming into it, you know, so I kind of, I knew it was going to be hard. Um, but you never, you never know, you never really know until you actually do it until you're, you're in it, you're in the fight and you're doing it. Um, I think, you know, we're, we come in as any gym owner, I'm sure nobody, <laughs> Nobody is like an accountant and decides to open a gym. You know, you're, you always start as like an athlete or a personal trainer or, or you're in the fitness business and then you open your own business or your own gym. Mm -hmm. So you don't have the financial background for accounting. Usually, usually you don't have the marketing background. You know, usually you're not a janitor, so you're not good at cleaning. You're, usually you don't have a maintenance background, so you can't do right. any of the maintenance. Like, you know what I mean? So you have... You've worn one of the hats, but there's like six other hats that you have to wear. Right. And I think everybody has a new gym owners, you know, they have to keep that in mind. And it's, if I were to give out advice, I would say it's okay to not be a professional in all of them. You know, like it, people, and I think you've said this in your podcast before, um, but, you know, people are not professionals 
accountants and all of that. So it takes a long time. People build careers on being an accountant or being in finance or being in marketing and they have school or they have years of experience. Like that's something that we don't have. And so while you still need to know it, I think it's okay to delegate that to somebody else um, if you have the money, of course. Right, so right. You know, with any other gym owner, that's been the biggest challenge, um, I think, is is balancing it. Um, and I, I can speak for myself and other gym owners. I think we're really good at figuring out problems, you know, or, or learning new skills because we have to. Um, so... I think any good gym owner is going to learn how to market. It's going to learn how to do the accounting. It's going to learn how to do the finance, the budget, all that stuff. Um, I think, but for me, I think it's been probably really just committing, to be honest. Like, I think when I purchased this gym, I think it was really hard for me to understand that there's good debt and bad debt, you know, and, and it's, Fortunately, I, I pulled the trigger, but a lot of that came from the business mentor that I had. Mm. In all honesty, had I not had that mentor of mine, I, I don't know that I would have actually pulled the trigger. So, okay. Okay. And, and I agree with you. You know, it's a skill within its own as a business owner to focus on the things that you are good at and be able to pass the, you know, the other stuff on to someone else. Like, who's to say, that, you know, just because you own a gym now, you're going to have to sit there and teach yourself how to market or how to be an accountant, right? When it's easier and better for you to focus on, you know, the things that move the needle forward for you and be able to pass that along to someone else. Um, when you look at all the hats you have to wear, what are some of the things that you look at that, hey, I, I kind of want to push this to someone else. I want to delegate this responsibility to someone else. Yeah, that's a great question. I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, you know, as gym owners, you have to kind of sometimes sit down and like reevaluate your goals and where you're at because it's very dynamic. So I just thought about that the other day. Um, I personally very much enjoy, I guess, being like the face of the, the face of the gym. So I, I love the interaction with new potential members, um, getting to know them. And so like if somebody walks in the door that conversation you have with them. Um, I love doing the, uh, we, I call it indoctrination, which is our intro CrossFit program. Okay. Um, I love doing those six session intros with them um, because again, you're kind of getting to know the person. You are the first experience they have with CrossFit. And I think that's, you know, that's something they're going to remember forever. Um, so that's really important to me. Um, so you then, almost enjoy like the sales process the most, right? Like getting them in there, the, the, I mean, sales, quote unquote, right? The consultation, if you do one, figuring out why they're there, what's their goals. And then, you know, let, let's on-ramp them to, to be members here. Yes. hundred percent. You, you put the sales in quotes. I like that. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause that for me is the hardest part is the sales part of it. You know, okay. um, if I just think about it, like I'm just having a conversation with, some person on, you know, that I meet on the street, it's way easier for me to be authentic and essentially to make the sale. Cause you're just being, you know, you, you're just being a person and you're, you're getting to know them and you're, you know, asking about their family and why they're here and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, what, I think what, if, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say the things that I maybe don't like to do as a gym owner. And this is for me personally. Um, I'm definitely, not good with the the budgeting 
and the like the, I guess the finance part of it I'm not I'm not super um, and this is weird but I'm not super like a, attention to detail oriented with when it comes to the budget and it's weird because I have so much attention to detail with how people move <laughs> but it's hard for me to like essentially penny pinch I guess if you will um, I think I just don't commit enough time if I'm being completely honest um, because how often are you training a day? Um, so right now, currently, and that's something that will be changing very soon, but right now I, I coach um, usually four to five hours a day coaching. Okay. Okay. Um, sometimes it's six or eight if I have my youth athletes that come in as well, kind of on the side, um, which is, in my opinion, way too much for a business owner to be coaching and, yeah. and running a profitable business. Um, so, but again, I have, I have two coaches that are, uh, two more coaches that are coming on, um, starting in August. So that'll okay. be, that'll be huge. There you go. There you go. Cool. So, so how many, um, members are you currently sitting at right now? Uh, so I have 80 recurring revenue members. Okay. I like to differentiate that. So I have, um, it's probably think 70 or 71 CrossFit. And then I also have a, a ladies only, like I call it happy hour fitness class. Essentially it's CrossFit without barbells and without the high skill level gymnastics. Um, and it's ladies only. And I th have about seven to 10 right now. I have a couple of leads that I'm working on. Um, so about 80 recurring revenue. And then I have 10 punch card members. And so, you know, those are people that buy 10 sessions and they have six months to use 10 sessions and so okay. that's not revenue so i don't necessarily count them but they're members still you know they're i have a facebook community page and so they're a part of the community as well yeah okay okay cool and, and i like how you emphasized reoccurring re reoccurring members right a lot of business owners don't realize if the or gym owners specifically if your members aren't reoccurring you can't really count them so like let's say you do want to sell the business one day if everyone's punch cards you know, that they're going to evaluate your business to near nothing compared because they want to see the reoccurring money, like, hey, what's coming in next month? Um, so, so smart that you emphasize that. So you're sitting at about 80 members right now. I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Hit the gas for sure. You never want to, you never want to let off the gas. Um, but so my goal is 100 by the end of the year. Uh, I came in, I started here at this, this gym in uh, May, May 1st was, was my first day here. And they had, or we had uh, 70 members. And so I've gained 10, but technically, you know, I, I gained, what was it? Seven, 14 or 17 in two months. So by the end of June, okay. You know, I have, and I have on my whiteboard, I have who's left, who's joined, who's canceled, who's upgraded, who's downgraded. Um, and I had like 14 or 17 total, but then I also had some people that left as yeah. well. So by the end, I had, I have 10 more CrossFit members, which, you know, in a two month period is, is pretty good. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you look at your gym, if you've owned your gym for five years, you know, if you've gained 10 members in a month or two, like that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So, 100 by the end of the year is, is the goal. And I didn't even realize. So, you're barely on, you know, month three here of owning this business. 
There you go. This one, yeah, yeah. So okay. I, you know, I moved CrossFit Lupos. I had in Tampa for a very short okay. period, and um, again, I had the opportunity to buy this existing CrossFit gym, and so I purchased it from the owner because he was he was just going to shut the gym down. And if you don't believe in fate, I believe in fate. Fate is for sure a thing. I think fate for sure was on my side. So I had an opportunity to buy the gym. And so I moved CrossFit Lupos up here to Indiana. Okay. Makes sense. So, Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So the goal is a hundred members as of right now within the next couple months. Um, what type of things are you actively doing right now to aid that growth process? So, you know, my thing with, with being a CrossFit gym, um, it is, you know, it's a, it's a cult. I hate using that word because I think yeah. it's very uh, frowned upon, but there are, you know, lots of good cults out there as well. So trying to create that, that really, really, really tight knit community. Um, I think if you ask any CrossFit gym owner, um, what, you know, what the best thing about their gym is, usually they respond with, oh, our community is great, you know, yeah. which is essentially what I'm trying to do as a new, as the new owner it was really tough to come in because I, I had something to prove. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't have shoes to fill, but I, you know, I had to make sure that I was keeping the gym going and I was a good person and, you know, and so that was, that was a really hard spot to be in. And so I'm still kind of in the process of gaining trust with the members, you know, and I think I've, I've done a really good job. I've had amazing feedback, which has been great. Um, that gives me a lot of confidence going into this and to keep going. Um, so I'm still kind of in that phase. I'm on the tail end of the phase of, of kind of getting the confidence of the members. And so when it comes to growing, um, I am 100% about um, friends and family word of mouth. I don't want to spend a penny on the online campaigns and the marketing. Um, I personally know gym owners that have never spent a dime on it and they've been in business for 10 plus years. Um, and so I know it can be possible, but you have to build, you have to build that type of community. Mm. And so, and it's a, it's a, something that takes a long time and it takes a lot of, it's like kind of like incubating an egg. You have this right. egg and you have to like very much take care of it because it's so fragile at first. Um, you know, but once it, once it hatches, it just kind of like flourishes and grows. And so um, my focus right now is to take care of the current membership base. And um, I do have an online presence. You know, I have a website, of course, I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. And so I do reels and like that whole thing. And I think it's free. And I think in my opinion, that is, as long as you're keeping up with it, that is marketing itself just by keeping reels out there, you know? And so um continue the real stuff you know that online presence of course but keeping up um events for the members so i think the events are what kind of bring the community together outside of just the fitness classes and so that is and that's i think a unique part of crossfit gyms compared to other fitness gyms is is we we have a lot of community events um like for example, uh, this Saturday coming up, I have a teacher appreciation wad and grill. And so we have a workout at 9 a.m. And that workout is going to be designed by the teachers that I have as members in the gym. So, you know, they're going to get together, decide on what the workout's going to be. And then after that, we have a barbecue. So we have, you know, 
turkey burgers and beef burgers and we just hang out and so events like that are super super important when it comes to developing that community that that sense of family essentially Mm -hmm. um and that's what i am going to continue to do in the next quarter is make sure that i have consistent events where people have a chance to meet each other and bond okay okay Cool. So, so given, you know, the forms of, of marketing that you do do the word of mouth plays the organic social media posts, how many leads would you say you get on like a given weekly or monthly basis here? Um, let's see. I, I have, I've only had in the three months, I've only had probably one or two people reach out via Instagram. Okay. Uh, Facebook everything I post on Instagram goes automatically to Facebook. So I usually don't post separately on them or I don't usually just post on Facebook. Um, The most of the time that I spend on Facebook is on my community page that I've made for just the members. And that, that is also a part of that community building. That community page is really important, but um, I haven't had a lot, to be honest. I think most of the people, surprisingly, I've had a lot of people come in off the street. They just walk into the gym. Um, And so I've had probably four members that have like recently moved to the area and they're just, you know, they either Google CrossFit near me or or gym near me or something. And they, you know, I pop up. Um, I think all of those members that have just walked in off the street have been Pre, had previously done CrossFit. So they know what to expect. They're looking for a CrossFit gym. You know, they didn't just Google gym near me. They Googled CrossFit near me. Um, I have had a couple, I've had probably four or five people fill out my free trial form on my website that I had made, okay. um, which is nice, you know, cause you know, again, I, most of those people also have been, um, previous CrossFitters. So I think they were kind of already looking for CrossFit. Um, I had one, one lady that had used like gyms near me and she had never been in a CrossFit gym and she, she reached out. So. Okay. Okay, cool. And and so, you know, at least as of right now, I know you're only on month three, but, but what's hold you back from trying any type of digital marketing to increase the amount of leads that you get? Money. 100%. Um, I just like when I came in in May with the business, it was it was upside down by, I don't know, $500, let's say it wasn't a lot, but it was not even quite breaking even. And so um, money for me has been the biggest pinch. Um, I think the the rent here is astronomical. And I think um, that was kind of my biggest holdback when I was initially, you know, getting into this whole thing. Was, was how much rent was because um, I knew it was going to be tough to make ends meet with how much rent is. So um, money for sure is the biggest, I think the biggest reason, and I think that's the biggest reason for any gym. You yeah. know, you ask any gym owner, like I, I doubt there's any gym owners out there that are like, oh yeah, money's not an issue. I, you know, I can pay for this and I, you know, not, not a big deal. Usually it's the money. So for me, when it comes to marketing, um, especially the online stuff, um, every penny that I have, um, I have a list of where I'm delegating. So every time I profit just like another $180 from a membership, I have a place for that $180 to go to. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well in terms of people still coming in the doors, whether it's, you know, from online or from just walk-ins and stuff. 
I think if I were to see a trend where there's a lull, that's when I may consider doing an online marketing campaign. And I know some people might be like, oh, it's too late. You know, you don't want to wait until you're not seeing a flow of people. But um, again, I think for me, for this business right now, my focus is my members, you know, not bringing in a bunch of new faces, just like taking care of my community, my members, and they will bring people in. That's, okay. that's how it works. If, you, if you're making your people happy, they're going to want to brag about it. And that's the number one rule in CrossFit is we talk about CrossFit. And so um, that's the way that it, it works. Yeah. It works every time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And definitely worth something to keep in the back of your mind to maybe try eventually, because like the bad thing about, I mean, like you said, uh, of word of mouth is it's like, you know, waiting on an egg to hatch that you're not sure when it'll ever hatch, right? It's like, it's, although it's hard to scale, because although last month, let's say you get five new members in through word of mouth, you can't guarantee that for the next six months, like, okay, that means I'll get the same amount of members each month. So that's one thing where like, digital marketing, once you do figure out your marketing play, um, the correct way to run your ads, you know, it's almost like an ever flow of, of leads that you could get coming in, you could scale it, you could get more people coming in. Um, but yeah, definitely. So what's like the big picture for you? What's first of mind for you right now? If it's more so focusing on the members you do have, what's like the goal, the direction you're pushing towards? So that's a really good question too. I have, um, so I have a one-year plan right now, and then I have a five-year plan, and then, of course, okay. a 10-year plan. I don't like to think about the 10-year plan because that's <laughs> like thinking about you're in a cardboard box, and then you want to be in a mansion, but there's got to be some stuff between it. And so right. um, my one-year plan actually is I have a lead on a new space that's um, half as much in rent, and it's a, a brand-new facility. They're building a warehouse. So in one year... I see myself in that new facility and it's very close to where we are now. Okay. Um, bigger or smaller? Be, it was, it'd be technically bigger and it's half as much in rent. It's because the, the place I'm in now, place I'm in now is like, literally it's gorgeous for a CrossFit gym. Like you walk in, you're like, Holy crap, this is really nice. Like there's the, the front side of the, of our, um, it's a retail space. So the front That's side, it's 5,100 square feet. They're so like, hey, double the rent on you. It's retail, so, you know, pay twice as much. It's triple net, yeah. yeah. You get a retail space. Any and, and any new gym owners out there looking for spaces, I would I would try and stay away from retail space. It can be tough. Um, right. Not only for price, but, you know, operations. Like, some retail spaces won't allow you to run, you know. They won't allow your members to run around the building, and so that can be a huge deal breaker. But, anyway, our, our space is gorgeous, Um but the opportunity to, and I would be dumb not to explore an opportunity to cut my rent in half, yeah. as long as the space is either the same or bigger, you know? And like, so it's a bigger space, it's brand new, it's got higher ceilings, it's a more of a warehouse than it is retail. And so the running would be simpler. Um, it's not as busy of an area, like literally all the boxes are checked in terms of where this is. The, the toughest part of it is, moving people want to be really close to their gym and i have a lot of members that literally live like walking distance from the gym yeah. and you know it's only a five or six minute drive away from where i am now um but again like if you if you develop that community people are going to be okay driving an extra six minutes yeah. you know it's there are people that drive 45 minutes to get to their favorite gym sometimes depending on where you're at but 
anyway, so that in a year, I see myself hopefully in that new facility. Um, it would be actually, so June of next year, it would be the delivery day. So it would be exactly a year from now. Um, so hundred plus members, literally cutting my rent in half overnight would be huge. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, would be, huge. that would be huge. That would be an extra, what, four to 5K in profit almost overnight. You know, there will be initial, initial costs, you know, for build out and stuff, obviously. But if I'm cutting my rent in half, you know, risk versus gain on that, I think is, is a pretty big deal. So that's one year plan. Um, and then there's actually plans and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but this same property has an acre next to it that could be developed. And so in a perfect world, I would like to have half like CrossFit gym, half like a strength and conditioning gym for youth athletes. Okay. It also has like small turf fields for futsal and mini lacrosse and, you know, all those sports and stuff. So that's kind of where I see my, my gym and my business going is more cool. of a competitive route. And so do you have, is there any boxes that you need to check personally or within the business so that you could eventually make it to that, to the other space? Is there anything specific that you want to accomplish um, towards like, Hey, if I do this, this, and this, I will be ready for sure to move to that new space. Um, to be honest, not, not really my, so my wife um, is a physical therapist, Okay. And, which is great for you know, for business, we have a, a funny motto. It's a joke, of course, but I break them, she fixes them. And so we have kind of a good relationship there. You know, she, it's good to have a PT in house. And so she's got a pretty secure job, which helps a ton because, you know, I would 100% not be able to do this if it weren't for her support. I think her support is, you know, I just wouldn't be able to do it. That's, that's all there is to it. So her support is big, obviously her continued support. And I think her support will be even easier when the gym starts to become more profitable. You know, she obviously does CrossFit. She helps coach here as well. So I think she's also invested in the gym, which is a huge deal to have your spouse kind of help out with it in any way. Yeah. Um, other than that, man, like I don't have a lot of like personal obstacles. We moved to Indiana also to be closer to family because I have family here. And so, you know, we don't have kids yet, which I know kids can be a huge, obviously a life-changing event. And so yeah, I have a I have an 18 month old. So okay, yeah. So your life just changed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And so I think, you know, if we were to have kids that that could change the trajectory of of the business. You know, it's a it's a dynamic thing. So again, I don't like to look too far ahead in the future because plans change so 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 would you say your goal is to eventually set the business up to where maybe you aren't so needed within the day-to-day -day? maybe you could take a step away from the training aspect of things um, I know you said a big focus you like having you know your face being in the front of the gym right uh, what's that look like to you yeah that's a good question um, you know I think everyone's you ask most business owners in general, like passive income is where we're all trying yeah. to shoot for. You know, we're yeah. trying to sit at home, collect that paycheck and just do whatever we want. You know, I right. think that's, that's a big goal. Now for me personally, I, I always, I always see myself being a part of this business. I will never, I will never own this gym and be remote. Um, I'm always going to be a part of it in some capacity. 
Uh, I do love to coach. Like, again, I think going back to what I said before about, like, I feel like I was just raised and bred to run a gym business. Um, I think I will always in some capacity, maybe coach. Um, again, I, my bread and butter is kind of with the youth athletes and like, mm -hmm. I really enjoy the physiology aspect of it. And so, you know, maybe more training, like the more competitive CrossFit athletes and like sports players, maybe that would be more my kind of my niche in the business. Um, so yeah, stepping a little bit away from the coaching, you know, I'm, I'm almost coaching full-time right now and I, you just can't coach full-time and run the business. So yeah. coaching maybe two, three times a week and then spending probably five hours a week on programming. Um, I do really, really enjoy to program the workouts for both CrossFit and for sports performance. Um, I think focusing on, on the science of that is something that I would probably do. Um, and then again, I do enjoy just being here and talking to the people. So I do foresee myself being a part of this gym, um, for its lifetime, essentially. Yeah. Um, I would like to eventually venture into other business endeavors, but that would be maybe something that's more passive. So, you know, okay. I have some family that owns some Plato's closets, like the clothing apparel. Okay. And they do pretty well and it's all passive income for them essentially. And so maybe something like that, but yeah, okay. the gym for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And, and so, you know, buying this facility was a big leap for you as well, because they were in the red, they weren't very profitable as a business. Um, what, what type of things have you done to, you know, increase profit essentially have you decided did you do anything different with the business did you restructure it um what have you been focusing on so that you could increase you know the profit that you do make yeah that's a good question um you know and again i had a business mentor that helps me a lot um with this because coming in as a new owner you don't want to change too much like those right. members are used to a specific way and people don't like change and so if you do change things it should be slow and subtle you know and eventually i will shape it into my own thing but i had to be very careful at first and so coming into it right away i had to reassure them that i wasn't going to change a bunch of stuff um and so that you know in terms of a crossfit gym that means like obviously no changes in the equipment um no changes in the class times the class times are super important so i kept all the same class times um, I made sure that I was coaching as many classes as I could right away so that I could get to know everybody. And that was really important. Um, now, I, gym management software is pretty important as well, especially in the CrossFit world, because CrossFitters love to track their workouts, to put up how much weight they did, to put up how fast their time was. And also the um, social aspect of it. People like to see the leaderboard and see who wins the workouts and compete against each other. And that's an important component of CrossFit is kind of the, the competitiveness of it. And, um, and so there was a software change and that wasn't by plan. Um, we were using a certain software and that's what it was. And that was something I wanted to keep and stay the same because I didn't want to change that for the members. And then all of a sudden there was some really kind of behind the scenes stuff with the like financial part in terms of me receiving the money, like the revenue from the members. Okay. Anyway, it was a huge nightmare. And so I had to switch to another software, which is software that I was most comfortable with. So I think that was the biggest 
kind of the biggest wrench that was thrown to me right away, like mm-hmm. immediately within the first couple of weeks was changing software. That was, it's hard because you have all these members and I had to input information individually. Yeah. And yeah. that was, that was kind of, that was kind of tough. Um, let's see what else. Um, yeah, I didn't, I just, I didn't want to change a lot. That was kind of the, the theme coming into it. Um, but to, to gain the profit overnight, the first thing I do um, was, and I have a list right up here on my whiteboard. So for member mm-hmm. retention, current members, are the current members happy? Uh, getting punch card members in and upgrading okay. and then contacting, contacting recent cancels. So though the people that, um, that have canceled recently or even have been members before are the first people that you want to go after because they're familiar with it usually it it was meant to be just temporary and then maybe they fall off the wagon you know and it's very easy to get them back in the door um so those were the first people that i went after um the uh there was you know i heard this from other members there was a handful of members that had left because of the previous ownership they just didn't get along i don't know what the story was but i reached out to them you know almost right away and i said hey new gym who's this you know that kind of thing and they um, you know, they came in, they, they were curious with the new kind of a new, a new thing, you know, they, they wanted something new and a couple of them hadn't even found gyms yet, which was easy. You know, they just, they're like, yeah, well, let's, let's do it. They came in. And so those are the first people that I read. That's what I did right away. Like right off the bat is reached out to people that had been members before that, that okay. kind of were familiar with the gym. Cool. Cool. So, and, and so we know what you want for your gym, right? Now, Chris, we, we know that you obviously have a passion for your members for, you know, being there day to day and building the community within your business. But what is it that you want from the business, right? What do you want the business to give back to you and your family at the end of the day? Um, well, obviously some money. That would be nice. Obviously, <laughs> um, yeah, I've never been and I, and I hate to say this and it's maybe not a great lesson for new gym owners, but I've never been super motivated by like money like I've never been motivated by trying to be a millionaire like I don't think any gym owner gets into the gym business especially CrossFit for the money yeah like being honest you know it's it's not a it's not an industry you're going to make a million dollars off of um you know unless for whatever reason you're really lucky but um obviously security financial security would be nice you know there is a certain amount of money that i would like to make to make my life comfortable for sure but for me and i I can speak for probably a lot of gym owners is just being happy and fit and well for the long term you know that's essentially what crossfit is all about specifically is just training for daily life um, and making sure that you live long enough to see your kids and your grandkids and to be able to you know, do squats until you're, till, until you're dead, really. Um, so just having your mental and physical health as you age is super important. And I think that's a part of it for me is um, staying healthy. Um, I was medically retired from the military. And so I have, you know, a condition with my neck that is, can be pretty painful. And so if I don't stay active, I'm in a lot of pain and that pain can, will, and does bleed into my personal life. Like if my neck was hurting 
my wife can tell. She knows I get cran- I get cranky, I get crabby, um, or I get quiet. You know, I'm just not myself. Yeah. And that, at the end of the day, is why I do what I do in terms of taking care of my body and, and working out. Is it's just the longevity and the mental the mental health really, to be honest, at the end of the day, for sure. So that as well. Um, and then relationships, the community, like, you know, we're not, we're human beings. We are built to be social creatures and, you know, and I can speak for CrossFit gym specifically, like it's about the community for sure. And so being surrounded by like-minded people that are, have the active, healthy lifestyle, um, there really is nothing like it like that that um what shall i say that that aura kind of feeds into one another and it just it grows bigger and bigger and um you know it's the best hour of everybody's day when they're in the gym and i love to be a part of it for sure there you go i love it i love it and i think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode chris but before we do head out of here please give a shout out to you know your instagram facebook website anything just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym yeah, man. Website, uh, www.crossfitlupos.com. Uh, Instagram is also CrossFit underscore Lupos. And Facebook is CrossFit Lupos as well. Yes, you guys. Make sure you check them out. Chris and Pegliazzo from CrossFit Lupos out of Fishers, Indiana. I appreciate you once again, brother. And as for the listeners here, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.